We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helpin. Hi, everybody. It's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, July 17th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. My guest today, National Fantasy Football Championship guru and FSTA Hall of Famer, Greg Ambrosius. Greg, you are the lucky guest on my first podcast for Rotowire. We've never talked before, only, you know, Twitter occasionally and things like that. So thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. Um, first, let's start for people who don't know. How can someone play in an NFFC league? And what should they be looking for? Yeah. Yep. Go to playnffc.com. And really, we have something for everybody. We got uh, games as low as $25 per team, which are best ball games. And we've got something as high as $20,000 per team. We've got live drafts. We've got online drafts. Uh, we're the only contest that does regional live drafts. You do them in New York and Las Vegas. So, I mean, we really have something for everybody. Just go to playnffc.com. Trust me, you'll find a game you like. Uh, I think the twenty grand games are for guys like Erickson after they win a poker in Vegas, right? Probably. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he can even afford that. But believe it or not, that's the first contest that sells out every year. Uh, those guys want to get back in every year, and uh, we've got ten thousand, five thousand. Most of ours are sixteen hundred dollars per team, but. Uh, it's great fun. Uh, when we get together in Las Vegas, it's almost like a family reunion. We know each other so well. That's great. Now, do you think it's it, – is there something to the idea that for, for your your average fantasy football player that 
the the player who is playing a high stakes game and doing well at it is is definitely someone to to follow more, I guess, because if they're staking so much, they're putting maybe more work into it than your average person. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, we have some guys that seem to win every year, and they do different strategies each year. It's not the same. I mean, some of these guys were ahead with the no running back strategy before people thought of it. Then last year, maybe they stayed with that strategy, but they got burned because the running backs really scored a lot of points. But these guys are great to follow on Twitter because they have different theories on how to attack the the contest each year. And, uh, again, some of these guys win every year. It's hard to believe. You know, I mean, hey, I've been in this a long time. I know I didn't win every year. But some (laughs) of these guys, especially in baseball, are really, really good, and they're worth a follow for sure. All right. Um, everybody, again, play at NFFC.com, uh, and, and you can check that out. Okay, Greg, let's start. You, you sent me an ADP list over the weekend. Yep. Let's start at the top of the board. It's starting to look to me. I, I came into this offseason thinking, boy, I'm, I, I think for me, even in a standard league, for me, Zeke is third, and the other two, and, and Johnson and Bell are ahead. It looks to me from the ADP like David Johnson has emerged as a pretty clear-cut number one. Is he that clear-cut for you over Bell and Zeke? Yeah, no doubt about it. He's number one easily, and then Lev Bell is two, and now with Ezekiel Elliott, especially last night with him being in trouble at a bar in Dallas. I mean, he's really fallen to number three, and he may be even further. If he does get a suspension, I could see Antonio Brown going ahead of him. But, you know, you talk about David Johnson, absolutely he's number one. Man, he scored 403 points in PPR scoring last year. He had 11 games over 20 points. He had six games over 30 points. His lowest scoring game was 15.4 points. I mean, most running backs don't average 15 points a game. So by far, he's the number one as he averaged 25 points per game. But Bell was very good. He averaged 26 points per game last year, so he's very good as a number two. But then after that, I think it's a drop-off. Yeah, I agree. I know some people were getting excited about Ezekiel Elliott coming into the season, but you said the suspension and and the latest news, which we don't know all the details of, may ding him a little more. All right, everybody, we'd like to, before we move on, we'd like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash yahoo. Also, uh, those of you on Twitter, which I believe is a lot of you, Greg is at Greg. Greg Ambrosius, I'm at jhoppin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get play updates, player updates at Rotowire NFL, and you can check us out on Facebook if you're not the Twitter type. All right, Greg, I think we're going to mostly go through. I'll have some sort of general strategy questions later, but I want to go through some some ADPs. Um, Todd Gurley, we've got at number 21. Are, are you are you buying into a rebound? And I think if there's a rebound, you'd probably be pretty happy if you got up at number 21. Yeah, I'm not buying into it just because the Rams' offense is so bad. In fact, I looked it up today. Not only were they last in offense total yards last year, but they were last by 35 yards per game over the next team. I mean, when Cleveland looks good compared to you, you know that's a bad offense. (laughs) So it's not Gurley's fault. The talent is there. There's no doubt about it. But last year he finished 18th in running back scoring. Now he's the 10th running back going off the board. That's a lot of hope. I think. I mean, he had five games of 10 points or fewer. That'll just kill you in fantasy football when your number one running back is getting less than 10 points a game. So I'm not there. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry last year. Just a terrible offense. They say they're going to get him more involved in the passing game. Boy, I'll believe that when I see it. I mean, I don't know why Jeff Fisher just kept plugging him into the middle of the line. Why not get him in motion, swing a pass out to him? That's what he needs to get more points this year. He needs more of that. 
maybe they will get more innovative, but they still have a crappy quarterback. It's still a bad offense. I just can't draft a guy like that as my number one running back. Yeah, and now they're talking Lance Dunbar on passing downs. Did I read that over the weekend? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, come on. Give me a break. That's why they say they're going to get him more involved. And then the next thing you know, Lance Dunbar, which he could. I mean, that's what he does. So they could do that. But here's the thing I don't understand about this. And, and, and I'm sort of with you here that I, I'm hoping for this rebound more than I'm expecting it. Me too. But, yeah. but last year... Gurley was, a, let's say, a top-five pick, and the people who were down on Gurley said, well, bad offense, bad quarterback. And what I kept saying then was, but that was the same case the year before where he ran for 1,100 yards in 13 games. And it, those were big. that was a big run-based season for him. I mean, he, he broke away some big ones, but he wasn't plugging for four-and-a-half a carry. And maybe, I don't know, like I said, I guess I'm hoping for it, but, but maybe the first year was the fluke considering the support he has around him. Nothing against the player, I don't think, but considering the support, maybe that was the fluke and last year wasn't, right? Well, I just think that defense has really stacked the box against him. I mean, last year they had no confidence that any quarterback was going to throw deep on him, and they just stacked the box more than anything. I mean, the number one game plan, obviously, was come in, take Gurley out of the game, and you're not going to lose to this crappy team. So I, th- I just think the defense has changed an awful lot last year, and Jeff Fisher did not get creative enough, which resulted in him losing his job. All right. Um, let's go to let's go down the list a little bit. Andrew Luck looks like he's going top of round five. Um, we, yep. we, we've got some questions ADP here. ADP is 52. Yeah, so Andrew Luck not even throwing yet. And supposedly the surgery went well and everything's fine, but it's it's July and we don't have a lot of reports on how good his shoulder is. Considering that, could, could you consider a round five pick on a guy like that? He seems, and I know people in our industry tend to wait on quarterbacks, but, but if someone's yeah. trying to draft Luck as a top five quarterback, what would you say? Are you in or out? No, I'm out. I'm staying away. Not only Luck, but Cam Newton as well. Here's two quarterbacks that have shoulder problems right now. We haven't even seen Luck throw. At least we saw Cam Newton throw a right. little bit. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the NFL is full of injuries, and I don't need to draft already injured players. I know my guys are going to get hurt during the season, so the last thing I'm doing going into the draft is drafting guys that are injured right now. And as much as I like Luck, listen, that's a bad offensive line. He's thrown 25 interceptions last two years. He runs too much because of that bad offensive line. I'm very worried about him. You can get quarterbacks in the eighth, ninth round. Remember, Matt Ryan was the 18th quarterback taken yeah. last year. There's all kinds of that this year. So there's no reason to be grabbing a quarterback in the fifth round, especially one who's coming off major shoulder surgery. I'm not in on luck at all. Okay. Now, does that, because you're not in on luck, does that affect your outlook on Hilton and Moncrief? No, not at all. I mean, I think Hilton, I think Moncrief's going to be a good sleeper pick this year. He's rising in the NFFC. Hilton's going in the second round. Again, I think luck. Hey, he put up 4,000 yards last year. He threw for over 30 touchdowns, so the guy's got talent. I just don't – first of all, I'm not taking any quarterback in the fifth round. I'm taking at least two running backs and three wide receivers at that point. I'll get my quarterback in the eighth round. Yeah. Plenty of good quarterbacks. But I do think that both Hilton and Moncrief will have a good year. I think luck will be ready by week one, but, boy, it sure is scary not seeing him draft or throwing the ball right now. So, again – no quarterback for me before round six. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent And I think for for people in sort of your 
your average home league. If you're 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 probably your your competitors are not waiting on quarterbacks as much as we are. And if you're out on luck, that probably plays to your advantage because you're going to have people going to yeah, draft them like way too early. The NFFC scoring system is six points per passing touchdown, so we really value quarterbacks. But again, I'm still not taking them even that high. Do, so do people? Uh, I'm looking at your ADPs. The first quarterback is Rodgers at yeah. number. Okay, I'm looking down here. In the 30s somewhere? Yeah, Rodgers yeah, Roger has been going around 29, and Brady's been going around 30, 31. Those two guys have been going early third round. Uh, you know, you can justify it, I guess, because Rodgers threw 40 touchdowns. They're going to throw an awful lot this year. Uh, Brady, with Cooks there, could throw 40 as well. But again, you're, you're giving up a top wide receiver, a top running back at that point to get the number one or number two quarterback. But we did this last year with Cam Newton. It did not pay off. We did it with Luck last year. It did not pay off. I just don't think it's good strategy to be taking a quarterback that high, even Rodgers or Brady, who I like both of them. Yep, and to Greg's point, if, if you draft one of those quarterbacks early, you might be you, your, Paul Perkins might be your second running back. So be careful right, there, everybody. All right, so you mentioned Rodgers. So, so we go to uh, the Packers, which is a subject near and dear to your heart uh, as a lifelong yep. Packers fan, right? So, yep, um, absolutely. Time, make it older. Ty Montgomery, lead running back. How does that strike you? Well, I don't like it. I mean, if they could have had Lacey and Montgomery, it had been thunder and lightning. I wish they would have done that, but they chose to save some money and let Lacey go. Uh, Montgomery is not your typical running back. Now, that being said, he is six foot two twenty. He's really ripped. He's a very strong guy, but he's not a between-the-tackles type of running back. Uh, that being said, the Packers are going to go with two tight ends. They're going to throw at the goal line, and that's why I like Rodgers an awful lot. I think when they get to the red zone, they're not handing the ball off to Montgomery. They're having two tight ends. They're spreading out the wides, and he's got six options to throw to him. So I think Montgomery is going to be satisfactory. I don't mind him in PPR leagues. Uh, you know, in the playoffs, he had 91 yards rushing, two touchdowns, uh, 10 receptions. So he's going to get his receptions out of the backfield. But for the Packers situation, boy, I wish they had a, a better goal line back than they have with Montgomery. Jamal Williams may see that role. So I like Montgomery, but, you know, he's going pretty high. 49 is his ADP. That's too high for me. That's too high for you. I think it's too high for me, too. Um, yeah, yeah. round four or five, I think I need a guy who I know is going to get the ball. Um, right. Speaking of running backs and guys who are receiving running backs, okay, so I live in Charlotte. I do some work for the Panthers. I'm really intrigued by the way they have restructured their offense with, you know, McCaffrey yeah. and Curtis Samuel and, and, and the passing game. The, the, the offense is going to be a little more horizontal than, than it was before. It was completely vertical, and now it's not. Now, however, right. Christian McCaffrey with an ADP of 31 – no way. I, I like the guy. And I love the thing I love to say on, on the night of the draft, the Panthers GM, Dave Gettleman, said that the best between the tackles runner he's ever seen is Curtis Martin. And McCaffrey reminds him of Curtis Martin. And that really struck me because I think we tend to look at McCaffrey as a bit of a gadget guy because he's so versatile. And, and yep. the Panthers seem to like the type of runner he is. Now, with that said, at an ADP of what, the, what you sent me, he's at 31. Jonathan Stewart's still there, probably run near the goal line. Cam run, runs near the goal line. They drafted Curtis Samuel. They, so they, they've still got Kelvin Benjamin. They've still got Greg Olson. I, I think there's too many mouths to feed to draft Christian McCaffrey in the third round. Where, where do you stand on Christian McCaffrey going that high? 
I'm honestly not against this at all. Okay. I, mean, I know it's third round. I know they got a lot of mouths to feed. I know he's not going to get the ball near the goal line, but this guy is really special. I mean, you watched him at Stanford. Like you said, he ran tough between the tackles. Yep. And once he got through there, he was gone. He was gone. He was not a gadget guy. He was a tough running back who, after contact even, last year had like three and a half yards after contact. So this is a guy who's really tough. If you listen to everything they're saying, they don't want Cam running as much. They don't want to hold on to the ball so much. It's going to be quick passes, and that's exactly what McCaffrey does. So I'm honestly not against this. Uh, I can understand the criticism for taking him in the third round. I think this kid is going to be special. I think we're going to really love watching him week in and week out. And as a rookie, he's going to make an impact right away. All right. Um, I can't wait to see him, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'll, yep. I'll send you some photos yep. and video from training camp when I head down there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. we got to thank a sponsor before we continue. Uh, please, let's thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to feel the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, and where there's no such thing as excessive celebration. And, Greg, we're going to do a... A dictionary check on whether funnest is a word after we're done today. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll allow it today. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowires.com slash Yahoo. Download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The, me- the app Messenger on the Yahoo Fantasy app allows for the witty banter and smack talk. All the witty ba- banter and smack talk your league can muster. Sorry about that. Do you talk smack with your friends still in fantasy football, Greg? Oh, absolutely. That's the best part about it. No doubt about it. Is it is it different talking smack with the conversion to with I mean, I've been playing for 30 years. I think you've been playing uh, a little longer. Is is it different with more of it being online or do you still do the email smack talk? It's actually better because I mean, you used to have to call up a friend and give them <laughs> crap during the game and stuff like that. It used to be all full, long distance phone calls. So right. now it's just easy. I mean, you can do it if it's a work one. You can do it through Slack if you want to. I mean, you can do it on Twitter. You can do it all kinds of ways. So no, it's great. I love it. That's the best part about the game, and I think that's what uh, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, in the early days, we were fighting the gambling issue. You know, that really wasn't it. It was about it wasn't about winning money. It was about beating your friends. That's why you were in leagues with your friends, with your workmates, because you wanted to come to the water cooler on Monday and give everybody crap. So that's the great thing about fantasy football. And and now if you do it on the Yahoo app or on Slack or wherever, everybody can hear it. It's not just a one-on-one smack talk. So that's that's that adds nice. to the appeal, I guess. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, that app is is uh, can give you waiver options. You can draft, trade, uh, whatever with the Yahoo Fantasy app. In-depth player matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. All right. We're going to go back to rookie running backs. Joe Mixon. Um, this ADP, I have been railing about this for a few months as I've seen his ADP rise. I like Joe Mixon. I see the talent. I see the possibilities. I also see Jeremy Hill, who, while disappointing, as I keep saying, is not dead. Um, I see A.J. Green and, and, a, and a running back that they took in, oh, sorry, wide receiver in John Ross that they took in the first round who's hurt but should be a part of the offense. I think Joe Mixon's going too high, at, and he's at an ADP of around 40. What do you think of Joe Mixon here in NFFC drafts? 
Well, I think he's the biggest gamble of the first four rounds, no doubt about it. But he also has the biggest ceiling, the highest ceiling right. of anybody in the first four rounds. I mean, this is a guy who, first of all, he's got opportunity. Gio Bernard's out the first couple of games with a knee surgery. Uh, Jeremy Hill is just a guy. You're right, he's still alive. He's like a walking zombie, though. I mean, he's just <laughs> not. He's just a guy. He is. He doesn't get extra yards. And this guy has explosiveness. And... You know, we're talking about all these guys that are gambles and such like that, but honestly, if you're not going to take any gambles in fantasy football this year, you're not going to win any league titles because there's gambles all over the place. We know about injuries, so there's no guarantees that Jeremy Hill stays healthy for 16 games, that Gio Bernard successfully comes back. I think this is a good offense right now. Like you said, they've added an awful lot. I think Andy Dalton's a sleeper quarterback. He's like 17th among all of our quarterbacks. Me too. I think this is a guy who's got great weapons right now. So, hey, listen, I'm not saying that I'm in on Mixon. I have him nowhere right now. And when somebody took him at uh, the FSTA draft, he got grilled for taking him at like 38. And I'm thinking that's about his ADP in the NFFC. That's not so bad. Again, a lot of risk here, no doubt about it. But this guy could be a super talent. I really think he would have fit good on the Packers. I was hoping they would grab him, but they had so many defensive problems. But uh, lots of upside here. And, again, don't be afraid to gamble. Not too many times, but if you're going to take one gamble, Mixon might be the guy to do it. All right, so I'm looking at him, two guys next to each other in your ADP, Mixon and Isaiah Crowell. Who do you take? I probably would take Crowell. I had him last year. He's pretty good. But, boy, if I'm going to win, if it's a big money league and I want to win the first place big money, I'm going with Mixon. I really think his upside is that good this year. Right. Okay. And, and definitely, if you're playing for a, in, in the big league for a championship, it's different that it, different shooting for the big prize than shooting for first place in a 12-team right. league, right? Right, absolutely. And sometimes in a local league, you want to get to the playoffs, and then when you get to the playoffs, all your studs come through for you in weeks 14, 15, and 16. This one is where you really need to, you know, you're, you got a chance to win $100,000. You know, our prime time is 150000 The Roto-Wire Online Championship is $100,000. A guy like Mixon is going to get you that 100000 if he has this breakout year that we're all hoping for. There's no guarantees there, but this is what could win it for you. So we're supposed to offer people guarantees, though. That's our job, right? No. Uh, there's no guarantees <laughs> in football anymore, that's for sure. I agree 100%. Since LaDainian Tomlinson, I think we're out on, on guarantees. Right, absolutely. It's been a long time since we've had somebody like him. All right. Another, uh, uh, let's say a polarizing player, Tyree Kill. Tyreek Hill was great last year because he scored tons of touchdowns in a lot of different ways. But you kept looking at it and you kept going. But he's not catching a lot of passes. He's not getting a lot of targets. I don't know if I'd buy it. So now the Chiefs basically – are, are going to feature him more. They let Jeremy Macken leave. Um, you know, the, the rest of the receiving core, not that their receiving core tends to stay very busy, but, you know, Chris Conley, whatever. It, do you think Tyree Kill, he scares me as a fourth-round pick. Does he scare you or do you like it? Yeah, he does scare me. I mean, uh, he's really moved up since Macklin left. I think he was around 53 at that point. He's, his ADP is now 41, so he's moved up a full round. Uh you know, he's the number one wide receiver there. He doesn't look like a number one wide receiver. He's 5'10", 185. He seems to be a complimentary piece. I really think this is going to be bad for him, that Macklin left. I think he was a guy that, you know, was able to get the short passes and stuff, and then Hill would just go deep and get a 40-yarder for a touchdown. Uh, he's not going to do as much on special teams, it looks like, as well. There are no kickoff returns. 
maybe a few punts, but he had value in fantasy because he was able to take it to the house on punts and kickoff returns. Right. So that hurts his value as well. Uh, you know, he had nine total TDs. He had three rushing TDs, I think people don't realize. So this is a guy who's dynamic, no doubt about it, but he's not a number one wide receiver. I just don't see him as a number one. So fourth round for me. That's too rich for my blood. Uh, I agree. For, for a number one wide receiver, I want him. Get, I want him getting, let's say, eight targets a game. Right, hundred yeah, catches. Yeah, hundred catches, man. And, and I don't see that happening either. Okay, um, a guy who's been getting a lot of love in the middle rounds. I'm looking at a, an ADP of seventy three. Is Mike Gillisley from the Patriots? Uh, I think the yep. easy. He he looked really good. The, the times we've seen him, he's looked pretty really good. And it's in, basically, I think the. The assumption here, or the easy leap, is that, well, Gillisley has the Garrett Blunt role, and Blunt scored 16 touchdowns. Now, if Gillisley scored right. 16 touchdowns at an ADP of 73, he'd be a, you know, he'd hit the jackpot. But right. I think you're looking at round six, eight, nine hundred yards, eight touchdowns, hopefully would be great. That, that sounds to me like a fair price. Yeah, like you say, people aren't drafting him because they think he's going to get 18 TDs. I mean, Blunt had 18 last year, and he had 43 TDs in 57 games with the Patriots. But also remember, James White is there. Deion Lewis is there. Mm -hmm. Rex Burkhead is there. Brandon Cooks is there. Dwayne Allen is there. Gronk is there. Edelman's there. There's a lot of moles to feed here. And there's no guarantee that Gillis Lee's getting the goal line back or carries when Brady's got a chance to throw the ball to all these guys. Uh, so you're drafting him, like you said, hoping for eight TDs, hoping for 600 yards. That's not bad at 73. If he gets more than that, you hit the jackpot. Blunt was one of the best values last year. I mean, he was he going was. after pick 100 last year, and he ended up with 18 TDs. So, But New England is a very, very tough place to figure out. I mean, he may Belichick may throw 50 times one game and run the ball 40 times the next time. Mm-hmm. So up and down with Gillisley. I don't blame anybody for taking him here at 73, but I'm looking for more for my running backs in PPR leagues than what Gillis Lee can give me. Okay. Uh, of the one of the rest of those backs, it, we, the Patriots have always been unpredictable with their backs, and, and that played into Blunt yep. being picked so late last year. Right. Are, are there any, any of that group that you're looking at? I find myself in early mocks and drafts grabbing Burkhead really late. Do you, do you prefer one since they're all going after Gillis Lee, they're all going pretty late? Well, I mean, James White really proved in the Super Bowl what he can do. And I saw him at Wisconsin. I think he's a special back. Uh, so I, I do think James White is a guy that I like. I think they're going to trade Deion Lewis. I just don't think he's got a spot on this team right now. That's why they brought Burkhead in. I could see them trading Lewis. In fact, I grabbed him in the last round of a of an auction the other day for $1, just thinking maybe he's going to latch on somewhere else and be something good. I mean, when healthy, Deion Lewis is very special. But of those backs, I don't blame you for taking Burkhead. I think there's upside there, especially if Lewis leaves in the passing role. But, man, the way James White looked in the Super Bowl, I think he's going to have a more prominent role this year. All right. Uh, a couple of general questions for you. Actually, one general question. We, we talked earlier about different types of leagues uh, in the NFFC. Do you prefer – I find myself – preferring best ball leagues to the to the more traditional fantasy <laughs> leagues at this point. Do you? Well, I'll tell you what. I still like the traditional leagues because I like to make my weekly moves, but the best ball is our fastest-growing segment right now, and it is in the fantasy football industry. Why? Because everybody loves to draft. You can draft every single night, and then the computer just picks your optimal scoring lineup for 16 weeks. So you cheer for everybody, right? right? <laughs> You're not making dumb lineup decisions. You're just cheering for all 26 or all 30 guys. And In fact, this year we added $25 
best ball leagues. You can draft every night at 8 Eastern or 10 Eastern, and you don't even have to do the slow draft. You can draft them all in one night at one minute per pick, $25 for a chance to win $200. They're selling out every night. Uh, people just love to draft fantasy football. They love to try different strategies. You know, a couple of years ago, mock drafts were the rage. Everybody liked mock drafts, but people would be in there for four or five rounds, and then they'd go out. Right. They didn't want to stay the whole night. Well, at least now for $25, people are staying in and drafting the whole 26 rounds or 30 rounds. So best balls are a lot of fun. It is a growing market. But I still like to set my lineups from time to time. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm I'm going for a mix. Last year, I found myself playing in a few best ball leagues, which I hadn't really before. So uh, I, I yeah. think I do those. Basically, I decide what my threshold is on traditional leagues, and then I just start adding best balls because I never have to yeah. worry about them after draft right. day. Yeah, you can do as many as you want in the best ball leagues. No doubt about it. All right. Um, so based on, on some of the ADPs we've been talking about, can you give me one player you love and one player you hate? at their current ADP values? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys I like that are showing up as sleepers. I think one of them I like is Tevin Coleman. We got him in the FSTA draft uh, in New York City. He's at 63 right now. You know, he had four games of 19 or more points. Uh, he was 18th among all running backs last year at 13.5 points per game. I think he's going to have an expanded role in that running game. Who knows? He may be the feature back going forward. Uh, he's a great RB2, I think. So Tevin Coleman at 63, I like. You know, one of the guys I think is too high right now is Jordan Howard with the Bears. Uh, his ADP is 17. In fact, early on, he was really around 12, 13. He was going at the 1-2 turn in our 12-team leagues. I just think it's a bad offense, bad QB play. He's got a lot of girly in mind here where maybe they start stacking a line, take him out of it. What, right. Mike Glennon's going to be the starting quarterback? <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky? Come on, give me a break. I mean, really, give me a break. I now, just don't is think this, there's enough weapons here. Is this NFC North hate or is this objective? Are, you, are we no, sure? No, this is uh, both. I okay. hate the Bears, of course, but uh, I do think it's just a bad offense. And yeah. They didn't improve enough. I think they had the worst draft by trading up to Trubisky at two. Why did they have to trade up to get him for? Oh, no. I think they're going to get him anyway. So. I think it's terrible, and he's not ready. He's even admitted that Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback, and Mike Glennon isn't anything. So I think that's going to affect Jordan Howard. So I'm staying away from him that early in the, in the drafts right now. All right. Um, we've got another sponsor. Thank you here. Auto New Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like an NFL GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and college players in the player pool. Stash college prospects for the future. Trade for superstars to make a championship push and develop a team over multiple seasons. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the Internet. Out of New Fantasy Football. That's autonewfootball.com. All right, so we talked about some rookie backs early. We talked about young backs like Tevin Coleman and Jordan Howard. And now I want to talk about some old guys. Um, Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Now, Lynch is the first one we have to talk about because he is going much higher on people's draft boards. Um, I've yep. got Marshawn Lynch here on your ADP at actually number 47, which is probably lower than I've seen in some other mock drafts and rankings and things like that. Uh, what kind of faith do you have in Marshawn Lynch? Well, actually, I'm looking at it right now as of this morning. He's at 43, so he's been moving up. I mm -hmm. mean, he was like around 54. Again, he's been moving up about a round in the last couple of weeks. And I think people see he looked really good at the OTAs. He's in good shape. He hasn't been beaten down for a year. I think he's going to be solid. He, first of all, he's playing football 
not for the money right now. It's because he's happy to be back in his hometown. He's always loved the Raiders. He's from Oakland. So I really think that he's going to be a solid back. There's really nobody else there. Jalen Richard is there. I really don't think they have anybody else that's going to take playing time from him. He's going to be the goal line back. This is a dynamic offense. Derek Carr, love him an awful lot in fantasy as well. So Lynch, I'm very high on. I have no problem taking him at 43-44 in that area. Peterson, I just don't see the fit here. I think it's a bad landing spot for him. First mm-hmm. of all, this is a back who doesn't catch any passes, and this is a throwing offense. Inside the red zone, Breeze is as good as they come. So I don't see it. Plus, Ingram was solid. Very. He was really good last year. He was a good pass catcher out of the backfield. What does Peterson add to this? To me, he's a dud. I don't want him. I don't want him either. And I think I want Ingram at the discounted price now. I want him too. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Both those guys are going to the top 80. Ingram's around 63. Peterson now is around 74. We've seen a couple of drafts where they've gone right next to each other. No way. What team has two running backs in the top 80 that's a passing team? Right. Yeah, you know, it's a passing team. It'd be one thing if they hammered the ball all the time you had two backs. That's not what they do in New Orleans. So I don't want those guys, but I do like Ingram, but I don't see Peterson having to come back here. I just don't see it. I don't either. All right, but as for Lynch, so the, the the year off and the year before of, you know, playing less than half the time, that, yep. that's got me out. I'm looking and I'm saying 31-year-old back who basically hasn't done much since 2014, I'm out. I, I feel like it's too much risk for – put it this way. At 43, as you said, I could see it more. I've been seeing some late second round in other drafts, and that one, I, I, yeah, I no can't way. stomach that. No, no. He hasn't been going that high in our drafts. He's, he's solidly in the fourth round. Like I said, he was early fifth round. Now he's starting to go middle of the fourth round. I think that's a good deal. I mean, listen, if you load up on wide receivers early on, I mean, you go two wide receivers and Lynch is your second back, I have no problem with that. You've gone three wide receivers this year. You think that the running back theory isn't going to hold up this year, and Lynch is your number one. I have no problem with that. Take another guy after him at running back. But, uh, no, I wouldn't take him in the second or early third round. No way. All right. Let's move on to a guy. I feel like I've been talking about a lot of guys that I don't like. That we've been talking to them saying that guy's going too high and Peterson and Lynch and, and Mixon and, you know, Tyreek Hill and whoever. Here's a guy I like. Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron's not far from a perfect player and he's not going to cost you much. His ADP is around, let's say, 10th round. I, I like him as a low end tight end one. I think the, the progression of catches and yards over the first three years of his career. And I know last year his value got whacked because he didn't get targeted enough in the red zone. He only scored once. But yep. I, I find myself putting Ebron as, I think I've got him as the seventh or eighth tight end. Are, are you, okay. if you pass on the first few, are you happy to wind up with a guy like Ebron or are you just kind of shrugging your shoulders at it? I'm shrugging my shoulders. I'm just not there yet. I know John Hansen's been pushing him for many years, and he's pushing him again this year. I understand the hype. I mean, he had 61 catches in 13 games. He had 711 yards. He's 6'4", 253, big red zone target. But I just don't get how you can play 12 straight games and not have a TD reception. <laughs> I mean, right. he, caught, he, put, he caught one in the first game. He played 12 games after that, and he didn't get another one. And it's not like he's got a bad quarterback that doesn't know he's out there. So I just don't think that's a, an outlier there. I think this guy just isn't tough enough. And uh, there's something there that if you can't catch more than one touchdown in 
13 games. You're just not an elite talent. So I understand why people are going after him, but uh, he's 13th among uh, tight ends in the NFFC. And I'm targeting Martellus Bennett. I think he's going to be solid in Green Bay. Rodgers hasn't had a tight end like that in a while. So uh, people are targeting Kyle Rudolph. I have no problems there. Mm -hmm. Zach Hurts has potential there. So I think those guys are – I'm going after those guys more than I am after Ebron. Ebron, six red zone targets in 13 games last year, to Greg's point. So Yeah, and again, is he not open? Is he having trouble getting off the line of screen? He's got a good quarterback. If he's open, he's going to get more targets, right? right. It's not like they got a pounding running back there. Uh, you know, Abdullah isn't going to be a red zone guy, so they should be able to pass in the red zone. So hopefully uh, he does get more this year. But, boy, how can you only have one in 13 games? I know. And they don't. the thing is with the receivers they have, they don't have sort of a typical red zone option there. You know, Tate and, no. and Marvin Jones. No, I mean, Bolden was last year. He right. was a red zone option last year, and so he's gone. So, yeah, I, I could see Ebron. He's going to score more than one this year. But, again, I'm just not drafting him with the hope that suddenly he's going to get eight after having one last year. Uh-huh. And he needs touchdowns because he's not getting enough reception, so he needs that to get value. So uh, if he doesn't, if he scores only one touchdown again this year, I am going to fail in a lot of fantasy football leagues. I just want you to know that right Oh, yeah, now. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So three wide receivers were taken in the top 10 of the draft. Uh, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross. And in a, if on August 28th or whatever it was when they got picked, you would have thought, guys getting taken that high, wow, I wonder what their fantasy football stock is. And their fantasy football stock appears to be non-existent. Three of them. I mean, yeah. top 10 guys. Do you prefer any one of them, or do you just kind of want nothing to do with any of them? Yeah, I kind of want nothing to do with these guys. I mean, Williams is already hurt. He's got a back injury. I'm not drafting anybody with a back injury at this point. You know, Ross is the deep threat. I think he's really going to help that offense. I think he's going to help A.J. Green an awful lot. But Ross is hit or miss, I think, every week. So he's not for me. That's not the type of guy I want. I want a guy with more targets. Ed Davis, you know, his ADP is 110. I could take him there. I don't have any problem. I went after him in an auction and didn't get him. But uh, I liked him a lot more before the Eric Decker signing. You know, I think he was more of an option there before Decker came. Decker's a good red zone guy. So he's the best of the bunch. I would take Davis uh, at his ADP. I'm staying away from the other two for sure. Okay. So speaking of Davis, that receiving core got an upgrade in the offseason. I mean, getting Eric Decker's nice. But you look at them, and everybody, Mariota seems to be, he's, he's the flavor of the month right now. Nothing against him. I don't mean to downgrade him, denigrate him by saying that. It's just that everybody's positive he's going to break out. But he's got Decker there. He's got Rashard Matthews, who he threw to quite a bit last yep. year. He's got Delaney Walker. Yep, he he's did. got Davis. Do you, is that a receiving situation that's too crowded that you want to avoid? Or do you see buying opportunity on anyone there going pretty low? Yeah, no, I think there's too many people there. It's going to be spread all over. I mean, Delaney Walker is a good option there. I mean, Mariota is going 13th among quarterbacks. So, again, that's how deep it is. He's the flavor of the month, and he's not even a top uh, QB1 at this point. He's still a backup QB in fantasy. But uh, uh, I think he's going to be solid. Just too many guys. I know guys have been taking Richard Matthews because of what he had last year. Not sure he can duplicate that, but I understand why people are going after him. Davis, again, too many mouths to feed, and he's a rookie. He's going to have to really stand out to be fantasy worthy. But, again, I think Delaney Walker is the guy to get there. 
Okay. I want to stay in Tennessee for a second. DeMarco Murray's ADP, I've got it at 17 from what you sent me. Yeah. Um, Derrick Henry's pretty good. And DeMarco Murray's better, and he's very good. Yep. But at some point, do you look at this and say, now maybe they throw more, and maybe Henry, because he's good, gets mixed in a little bit more? Like, does it make you, does the whole situation make you hesitate at all on DeMarco Murray? Not at all. I think Murray is something special. I mean, Tom and I talked about this on our Sirius XM show on Wednesday. I mean, Murray had 1,287 yards rushing. He carried the ball 293 times. He had 53 receptions, nine rushing TDs, three reception TDs. I mean, this guy's elite. That's what you look for when you're getting a running back in the first two rounds is exactly what DeMarco Murray is doing. Some people are scared off by the Derrick Henry talk. He looks great right now. I mean, I listened to John Hanson the other day, and he was saying he's just a guy. I mean, he really is. He's a straight-up runner. Sure, he won the Heisman Trophy behind an all-pro line at Alabama, but uh, I think he's just a guy. I think he's their future back. But at this point, the Titans are going to ride DeMarco Murray as long as they can, and they're going to feed him the ball 300 times. So I really think Murray's the real deal, and I would stay with him. I'd have no problem getting him in the second round, take him as my running back one, no problem at all. All right. Um, last thing. So NFFC rosters, um, 35 players deep in some cases, right? Yeah. in the DC, right. in the draft champions. All right. If, if you're going down there and it's a redraft league and you're, you're saying I'm in the 32nd round and most people's heads would spin trying to pick some to draft somebody. Who do you like late? Who are some guys that you think, you know, that this is, these are the lot you tend to go into the draft season and you say, these are the couple of lottery tickets that I'm going to go after. You probably have guys in mind. Who are they? Yeah, you know, it's really tough because once you do get past round 30, there aren't a lot of guys that do help out your team. I mean, in these best balls, you think, boy, there's got to be somebody back there. And there really hasn't been many. A couple of years ago, Gary Barnage. Uh, last year, there weren't many at that point. But, you know, I'm looking down here and I'm just seeing, uh, you know, with the Zeke suspension, really likely. I mean, it sure sounds like it could be a game two. Who knows if longer after what happened yesterday. But I'm looking at Darren, Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris. You never know what happens there. You never know if Zeke stays healthy. I mean, McFadden's at 254. Morris is at 361. There's no guarantee that Morris will even make the team this year. But, again, you never know what happens when you're just adding depth. Go with those two guys. McFadden could be the ball carrier for two games, and that might be enough to help you in the best ball situation. I like Geronimo Allison with the Packers. Again, I'm a Packer fan, but this is a second-year guy out of Illinois. His last two games of the regular season, he had eight catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. He's a good talent. Uh, Packers liked, liked him an awful lot. Could see him playing behind Jordy. Uh, they put him in the slot a couple of times, but he's a deeper route guy who's got good hands. And then, of course, we talked about him earlier, Anquan Bolden is unsigned right now. His ADP is 308. So he's down there pretty far in drafts if you're if you're in best ball leagues. He's going to sign. He's still good at 36. He had 67 catches last year, 584 yards, eight touchdowns. You never know what's going to happen, but he could sign with the right team. If you're drafting this week, you know he's going to be unsigned before training camp. I would take Anquan Bolden. Yeah, if Anquan Bolden signs somewhere, he's going to catch six touchdowns. Wait, yeah, somehow. absolutely. He always does. Right. <laughs> All right. right, and at 308, you're not going to find anybody like that at, at 308 in the draft. 
All right, uh, everybody, please remind our listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit cards required to sign up. That will allow you to check out nearly all the features on the site. Please check it out at rotowire.com slash pod. All right, Greg, um, we talked about the NFFC leagues. Please remind everybody how they can and should get started with an NFFC draft. Yeah, go to playnffc.com. Again, we have $25 best ball leagues. They're called $25 Draft Champions we have slow drafts at eight hours per pick. They take about two and a half weeks to finish up, and then you're done. I mean, what you draft is what you got, and the computer picks your best lineup every week. So these $25 leagues, we also have them every night at 8 Eastern and 10 Eastern. Uh, they're one minute per pick. Take about two hours to finish up. Uh, 12 teams, 30 rounds, $25 for a chance to win $200. You pay $200 for first, $50 for second. That's the best way to get started. If you already know about us, Try out the Roto-Wire Online Championship as a $100,000 grand prize, $350 entry fee, $1,500 for first. Those are really good contests. And then if you want to come join us live, we host them at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. We're in New York City as well on Labor Day weekend. You can play the prime time. It's got a $1,600 entry fee, $6,500 league prize, and a $150,000 grand prize. Join us there. You can also draft them online if you want to do them online. So we've got a lot of, lot of things offering at the NFFC. Check us out at playnffc.com. Greg, I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today, okay? All right. Thank you, John. All right, everybody, one more time. If you like this podcast, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a review and a rating. If you didn't like the podcast, we can't imagine that you didn't. But, you know, leave us the good review anyway, okay? Thank you so much for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming on Tuesday, so please check back then for more great fantasy football draft information. For Greg Garambarcius, I'm John Halpin, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.